It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady. On a Friday, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. I had a really good girls high school basketball game last night that we'll tell you about. Uh, Lots of good boys basketball action. Brady, you saw a good game, uh, both games between Port Huron and St. Clair this year. Good games. Yeah, really fun games. It was a fun environment. Uh, other scores around uh, Northern continues to roll, and they're getting a lot of love from around the state. We can't cry. No one pays attention to us <laughs> right now because Portion on Northern is making waves all over the state. Uh, and well-deserved uh, because Tyler Jamison outscored three other boy basketball teams in the state of Michigan last night. Yeah, that's probably. And he had just a routine game by his standards. And that's par for the course. (laughs) So we'll get right to it in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 800- 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Derek Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor. 810-982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, Dennis and Brady. Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports podcast. Boys basketball last night. The Max Silver is a mess, and it's wonderful. Yes, it is. So <laughs> let's let's set the scene going into last night. Port Huron and St. Clair. We're going to play in St. Clair. Port Huron five and one in league. St. Clair four and two in league. Remember, they started what one and seven. Yes, and they've won and they have won four of their last five coming into this. Might have, actually, they might have been one and eight. No, because they they beat. Marine City then lost to someone, okay. and then they okay. lost the game at Lakeview or somewhere. Or somewhere they lost a game. It, anyway, doesn't matter. So big game. PH wins this. They keep the one game lead. They'd have a one game lead with three to go. St. Clair wins it. Hey, they're tied for first place no matter what happens. And it was a dogfight. It was a low scoring game, but Dennis, it wasn't a bad game you know sometimes you get low scoring games and you're sitting there going oh my god someone make a basket please I can't make this sound exciting for 32 <laughs> minutes and no it was it was up and down Port Huron sat in a zone St. Clair couldn't do much with it Port Huron struggled to score and it was a back and forth affair the the largest lead of the night was 36 32 26 St. Clair was up with about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter and you're thinking Okay, is this where they put a little distance there? And then Port Huron went on a run, few buckets, then bang three, bang three, and it's 36-32, timeout St. Clair, and you could just tell everyone in St. Clair is going, is this really happening again? Because remember, when they played at Port Huron, they had an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter. What happened? Oriole and James in that game, bang, bang, threes, Free throw ties it, go to overtime, and overtime wasn't close. But St. Clair would bounce back, get a 7-0 run down the stretch. A three from Essien made it a one-point game. Franz hits an and one, takes the lead, misses the free throw, but Richardson gets the offensive boards. They pull out, shoot two free throws, make it. Port Huron had a look at the end. And a little bit of mind games going on because didn't know if they were going to foul them to force free throws. And... Distelrath didn't know if, if Portion was going to take a quick shot. He didn't want to give them three free throws, but had a look, didn't hit, and Port Huron falls 39-36 at St. Clair. St. Clair really needed this win, not just for league play, 
but to finally win a close game. They really needed that. Yeah, uh, and now because the other games were expected, you know, it was expected Madison was going to win last night. It was expected Lakeview was going to win last night. And so you've got four teams at the top, all four and two in league play now with three games to go. If they keep knocking each other off, who knows? So uh, it was Braylon, or excuse me, Braylon Franz with 11, Braylon Essing with nine for St. Clair. Connor Rosenau had 14. He had a nice game, but nobody really stood out. The defenses prevailed. When Port Huron was in a zone, St. Clair took their time. Port Huron had some long possessions, and it was just a well-played game. And actually in the first half, I want to give credit to Liam Nesbitt. He had seven points, and he hit a buzzer-beating three at the end of the first half to tie it going into halftime. And that kind of stopped all of Port Huron's momentum. They were feeling good. They took the lead with with a little bit to go in the half. And then that three kind of went, all right, we're back to square one coming out to the third quarter. I thought this was a fairly well-played game. Yeah, if you look at some of the offensive numbers, they weren't great. I know shooting, especially from three, was, was rough. Port Huron ended up... Uh, Four of eighteen from three. Saint Clair was five of twenty. That and that surprised me because the the Saints do shoot the three pretty well. The pH is streaky, so having an off night, I get it because you know the one night they'll knock down seven or eight, and then another night they'll be lucky if they get one because that's how streaks go. But Saint Clair is usually pretty consistent. Just Essien himself is good for three to five every game. Well, he had three, but I. He shot 12. Yeah. So he, he got his threes, but he had, to, he had to be a volume shooter. But in this game, it worked. He hit a big one, like I said, to bring it within one. The big men kind of canceled each other out. know Benjamin had four. And Cooper Pennewell and Hunter Richardson, they combined for 12. But they weren't a huge factor. It wasn't a focal point. And it was very guard-oriented. I thought both sides played good defense, especially in the post. And it forced guards to find ways to attack. I'll tell you what, though. Port Huron, uh, I think they missed 10 free throws in this game. And that's the easy thing to look at and go, there's the difference. You make half of them. It's a completely different game. But St. Clair missed a few, too, before the... uh, the, the free throws to make it a three-point game at the end. Braylon France missed three in a row. I don't know how often you'll see Braylon France miss three free throws in a row. That would have really put the pressure on Port Huron. Beginning of the year, he wasn't missing any. No, so for him to miss three in a row, it evens out. And there's a thousand things you can look at in a close game like this. But St. Clair gets a much-needed win. And Dennis, I feel a little vindicated that after their 1-7 starter or whatever they had, they have, or 1-6, that... They're now six and eight and have really turned it on, especially in league. And you mentioned, all right, Lakeview, five and two, Madison, five and two, Port Huron, five and two, St. Clair, five and two. Let's talk about those other Max Silver games real quick because Richmond, or not Richmond, um, Marysville and Madison were actually tied at the half. In that which, game. which which gives uh, you know Marysville's been been playing better. They really they, have. They, are they played three stuff. good quarters against PH and two good quarters against Madison. Now they need to put it all together and play four good quarters. Right. Well, they did that against Marine City, but they're showing more 
fight against those top teams. For Marysville, it was uh, Cole Horan again with 14 points. He was the only one in double digits. He had three threes in the first quarter to really push the pace and keep it tied at halftime. So there, you can see the improvements, especially from some of those first couple games that were rough. They just, like you said, four quarters is tough to do, especially against this Max Silver, which is very competitive. And Lakeview knocked off Marine City 75-39. So both these China schools scored 39 points, 1-1. The other <laughs> lost by 36. Yeah. So that's that's kind of been Marine City's Achilles heel. So the Max Silver right now, as I mentioned, all those teams 5-2. and two. Here is what Port Huron has the rest of the way. They have Madison at home, they have La- they have Lakeview at home, and they have uh, Marine City on the road. That's not a tough one. That's not the worst stretch of games to have. You have your two tough ones in your own gym. They've been a lot better. St. Clair has at Marine City, home against Marysville, at Madison. That's the big one. And I don't know which one you'd rather have. Probably St. Clair's. Yeah, I think I'd rather play St. Clair's schedule right now. than. But that road game is a lot tougher because Madison's not an easy place to go and play. If you're curious, Madison, their last three games in league play at Port Huron, home against St. Clair, at Lakeview. So they probably have the toughest schedule. Well, Lakeview also has home against Marysville at Port Huron, home to Madison. So Madison has to play the other three top teams in the league. Port Huron and Lakeview have to play two, and St. Clair only has to play one. So theoretically, everyone controls their own destiny to have at least a share. I'm not good at math, so I don't know. I don't know what tie scenarios there are. I'm sure there's a way somehow there's a four-way tie, but it seems like the most logical scenario is someone comes out of this unscathed, wins their next three, and is outright league champs. I know you're thinking there's going to be a share with a four-way tie with three to go, but they're going to be knocking each other off that it feels like someone might go come out 3 and 0 and yeah. if they do that they're they're league champs. Yeah, I I I am with you. You if you get one team to get to 3 and 0 cuz you're probably not going to get two teams. It would be nice if Port Huron and St. Clair ran the table. They could split yeah, I it. I mean there there is that possibility because they're done playing each other. So yeah, they could both win out. That's kind of what I'd be rooting for. Right. But um again, uh I I think of the four teams not that anybody has an easy schedule, but I just feel like if you base it on records, St. Clair's got the better path to get there. Yeah, that last game will be be tough, but it's not undoable. No, it's not impossible to go into Madison and win, but I also don't mind PH having both those games at home because you know, Dennis, those other MAC teams will – just complain about having to come up 94. They think we live in Nowheresville on a farm and have to come up to Port Huron to play that game. That's, for them, that's a long bus ride because think every other bus ride for them is 15 minutes. 
Well, everybody driving down to Madison has a long ways to go, so they should have a long ways to go to come here. You, That's you, what I say. You think, <laughs> but that you, you would think we were in Alpena. And we have no love on this show. We have no love lost for for Lakeview. Um, they are the team that we have singled out in the silver that we root against, um, just because they're good. <laughs> well, that and go watch a game, and then you'll figure out. Why we don't like to, why yeah. we'd rather, why we, why we root against them. Yes, why if there's a team between those two, I'd rather have Madison do it. Uh, if there's a team we root for right now, it's got to be the Port here on Northern Huskies. They just keep doing stupid things, don't they? <laughs> like, okay, and we mean that in a loving, good way. They go down to Ike, Dennis. When was the last time Northern had a team where they went down to Ike? They win by twelve, and you went, yeah, didn't play their best game, huh? <laughs> yeah, kind of routine game, like. At Ike, win by 12, and we go, all right, well, they obviously didn't play to their potential. Like, you knew Ike was a good team. You saw it, right? You've seen them play yeah. Ike. Ike's a solid team, but Port here on Northern's kind of head and shoulders better. And a 64-52 win, Tyler Jameson, 23 points, 15 rebounds. This is, this is when you know a kid is good. When he gets 23 points and 15 rebounds, and you're just kind of whole hum about it. <laughs> you know, On the year. Th- 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 those are stupid numbers for a high school basketball game, and we just go, oh, well, we've seen him, we've seen him get 28 and 28. Right. On the year, he's averaging, what, 26, 11 rebounds, five assists, and four steals in a game. I'm telling you, he is a Mr. Basketball candidate. Mick McCabe did a great, great job. Uh, with an article on him uh, in the free press. So they're getting attention. Port Huron Northern is getting attention. And I'm telling you, with these numbers, he's not doing it in garbage time. They're not keeping it in longer than they should. In fact, they're taking him out. If Brian Jamison wanted to, he could have. He could inflate these numbers even more. Yeah. Like against Mott, could have left him in longer. Could have gotten to 30 or 35. Maybe an extra five rebounds. They take him out. Why? Because their goal is ultimately, hey, make a deep run. Because they have guys like Cam Haru who can score 17 points. Amir Moreland has nine. Alex Jameson just five points, but he brings in nine rebounds. It's been a, it's been a really fun ride, and they just keep getting it done. They're now 12 and 0 overall, 7 and 0 in league play. Yeah, the uh, it, it's it's been really fun to look at the scores and in the games that I've seen them play. They're they're very exciting to watch, and there's an electricity uh, at Northern for for the home games. It, it's crazy. Um, you went to to the Gross game down Point, at Gross Point. Point. I mean, I don't know how they traveled, but I remember going to see them at Lakeshore last year. A lot of Husky fans came. Yeah, there was a good amount. It was a big gym, and I was already mad, so I didn't see the, <laughs> the whole energy. But, yeah, they're just – there's something different. And, and Dennis, like, St. Clair and PH was a really fun game. But you when you watch Northern, you see a different level, and you go, okay, wow, that's what it takes to be state title contender good, to be re- D1 regional championship level good. Because once you get past that point – throw the names in a hat and pull them out. You never know what you get. So for Northern to have this level to be ranked in the the top 10, I think Mick McCabe has them at number 9. The D-Zone has them at number 12, 13. That's when you see that level of basketball and go, oh, okay, that's what it takes. 
And the only other team that we cover that is even felt even in the same ballpark was the Soper Johnson Croslex team. Yeah, and they, they made a good run. They made it to a quarterfinal, and they lost by the slimmest of margins. And and Ferndale still wussed out. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll talk about <laughs> something like that later. But Northern 12-0. Dennis, they have a big test Sunday. They go down to Belleville. They play Ann Arbor-Huron, who is a really, really good record. They're, this might be the biggest threat to Port Huron Northern's undefeated season so far. Well, I mean, I, but again, I like playing these games. Wins and losses don't matter to me. It's how do you compete? How do you match up? Where are you at on the grand scale? Again, we talk about all the time when we talk about our football teams. Are you area good or are you state good? Well, And these are the games that tell us more about Northern and just where they're at. Well, Ann Arbor-Huron, I reckon state good. They have a win over Detroit Catholic Central. 60 to 57. They've beaten Canton. They've beaten Dexter. They've beaten uh, Ann Arbor Pioneer, which is a. Uh, no, they beat Skyline. Sorry. That yeah, was Northern it. beat Skyline. Uh, they, they just handled their nine games. They play Yipsy Lincoln tonight before Sunday, taking on Port Huron Northern. That should be a, a really fun game. That if Northern wins that one, I'm sorry, all guard, all guardrails are off. I'm I'm full steam ahead. But like go down and beat a team like this, and that's just another feather in the cap saying, yeah, okay, yeah, I know we're in Port Huron. I know all the highways end here, but we're going to go there and we're going to win, and you're going to know who Port Huron Northern is. Yeah. All right, uh, just a couple of other. Uh, you got anything else for Northern? No. The, I just enjoy talking about them. Every so do time. I, so do I. I mean, the, you've been around this a yeah. long time. You have to appreciate this while it's here. You don't get a team like this so often. We're very lucky. We've had two different schools put up teams like this in the three years we've been doing this. Yeah, and and it has been a long, long, long time since we've had that kind of basketball in this area. Like I know Mooney made the run in 2010, I believe, in boys, but you weren't but it, really but covering it, them. And it at flew, the time. yeah, it flew under the radar because not a lot of people were paying attention to Cardinal Mooney. Uh, who else? I mean, there's there have been teams that have made obviously made regionals, but usually it's hey, what team wins the district? All right, they lose the first game or out. I know Marysville had a team that lost in like double overtime. It was like 15 years ago now in the regionals that had a solid team. MLA City's had a few good teams, but they're always 10, 15 points worse than the than the big boy in the regional, it feels like. Yeah, when I, when I first got into town in the mid-90s, Northern shocked everybody by winning their district on a couple of buzzer beaters, and they were tied with somebody at halftime of their first regional game and then ended up losing by like 30 points. Yeah, and then that's how long ago now? Uh, 95, 96, somewhere in that area. Right, so. exactly. At any rate, um, yeah, they're just so Appreciate fun to watch. Appreciate this while we have it. Uh, a couple of other uh, scores from the uh, the MAC: New Haven beat Mott seventy five forty five, and Anchor Bay beat Lakeshore fifty four to thirty eight. Um, I'm going to sneak the hockey game in here too. Uh, Plymouth over Thumb Legion six to five last night. Two more for Caleb Lettner. That's twenty nine goals in fifteen games this year. Uh, he scored thirty last year, so he's going to smash that total. Uh, Wyatt Ryan also had two goals, but the story of the game was uh, Lauren Eager, who made fifty saves and she had an assist, though she lost the game. Her team got outshot fifty six to fifteen. 
And it was a six-five game. Six-five game, yeah. So Legion was very productive with their shots, and it took a lot of shots to score on uh, Lauren last night. So uh, Thumb Legion loses by a goal. Lots of that girls. That is a ridiculous stat line. That, that is. Like, how often do you see a, a one-goal game where someone outshoots the other by 40? <laughs> it doesn't happen. Not a lot. Unless no. Logan Sheffer's in that. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah, he could, he could, he could do that kind of stuff. He'd make 54 saves though and only give up two. Right. <laughs> and the score would be two to one instead of six to five. Exactly. Um, all right. We had lots of girls basketball last night, including, could we call it two upsets? I think we can call it two upsets. We'll call it two upsets and we'll get to that in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. 
This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with Dennis and uh, Brady. Girls basketball last night. Now, again, I've been around for a while. This is the best game I've seen a Crosslex girls basketball game uh, team play in a basketball game, like even going back to when Cali played. Because I'd usually only catch them in the regionals and they'd be playing somebody really good right. and not have a good showing. So it's, but, you but, haven't seen a ton of Crosslex girls no, basketball. but what I've seen didn't compare to the way they played last night. Now, so I don't want to take anything away from Crosslex. Of the teams on the floor, they were the better team. Right. Um, but Armada was missing Ellen Sutton, Claire Sneezak, and Maya Drob, and those are difference makers. Those are good players. Those are solid players that just about everyone would take on their team. And, and then Dara McKenzie uh, had uh, 19 fouls in about four minutes of basketball. And still found a way to score seven points. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I've never – she played like six minutes. Yeah, she, she's a starter, and, and uh, maybe, maybe maybe she played ten minutes last night. Maybe. I know she played like the last five and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. That was the longest stretch she was on the floor. No other stretch she had lasted more than a couple minutes. All right, so, I mean, Armada comes into this game – the third best team in the in the BWAC. Yeah, they're nine and five overall, five and two in the league. They had beaten uh Croslex 36-29 in Armada back in December. So, you know, a decent game. Um and Croslex at, at five and eight, much improved over last year, but just two and five in, in league. And these are the games that they haven't been able to win. And really, la- the last couple of years, they haven't been that competitive in yes. these games. Um, and they led 15-9 to nine at the end of the first, and they were just all the hustle plays, Brady. They were, they were getting to everything. They were very active. Well, they had a-, a pulse, and Armada was kind of standing around watching Croslex play. And that was a team that has, what, eight varsity, full-time varsity girls yeah. listed? They bring up a few fifth-quarter girls, but... Their team isn't very deep, so it's not as if they know, okay, I can go hard, go hard, and, and sometimes like Marysville where, all right, they're going to get a sub in two minutes. I'm going to get my break, yep. and I'm going to be back in two minutes later. They, they have what they have. They had six girls score last night, but maybe the unsung hero of the game was a girl who didn't score, but I just thought was amazing last night, and her name is Melody Persig. I thought she came in the game off the bench and did all the little things. Defended, mm-hmm. rebounded, got assists, like got easy baskets. Crosley's got a lot of easy points in the paint last night. Their bigs scored. Uh, Mackenzie Dennison had 16. I don't know if I've ever done a Crosley's game where, where she had more than six or eight points. 
That's a big game. Ava Oleski had 10, and I know, I believe she was a JV player to start the yeah. year. And I really she, think she's going to be good. She has, yeah. She has some of that raw skill you like to see. Yeah, Isabella Edwards scored eight points. Um, Brooklyn Schultz had six points, and that was probably the best game I think I've seen her play. Um, and uh, Aubrey Connolly had uh, six points. And Emma Knoll, who we know can, can score, only had four points in the, in the game, and two of those were, were free throws. She really wasn't a factor. It was get the ball into the paint to whichever big is down there wide open mm-hmm. and let them get lay it up and lay it in. Uh, and it took Armada a little while to, uh, to adjust in this game. They're down seven at the half. They gave up the first two points, of the uh, first four points of the third quarter. So it's 31 to 20. And then all of a sudden, it was 33-33. Armada made their run in the third quarter. They came to life. Ashlyn Upton ended up scoring 14 points. Sydney Upton scored 10. It gets confusing because they throw the ball back and forth to each other all, all the time, and you can tell they played together their whole lives. Well, I mean, you're, you've gone through the Langemans and 40s <laughs> where there's two families on the floor at one time. We have the Vandevivers in Marine City. Yep. I'm trying to think where else. You, you've had shag, two Shagneys on the floor. Yeah, we, the we, we've got to get a roll where you can't put them out there at the same time. <laughs> have they, have, they, have, they have to be out separate. Um, Marty uh, Aubrey scored uh, eight points uh, in the uh, game. Again, McKenzie had seven points and very limited uh, action. So this ended up being a 48-48 game, and with just over nine seconds to go, Dennison scores. Uh, basically a, a layup. She drove right down the lane, got to the basket. Nobody got in her way. Uh, and, and she scored. And then she stole the inbounds pass, but got called for traveling. Ooh. Like it was. It so that's won- a roller coaster. Yeah, it's like, it's like seconds. picked off the pass. They're going to have to follow. Oh, no, nope, they call Bird traveling. Steals the inbound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and that gave Armada another chance. But they, they kind of mishandled the ball, and it was going out of bounds on the sideline to the left of the basket. And McKenzie ran it down with her back to the basket and about 1.1 seconds to go. There's no, unless she would have like thrown it up over her head, there's no way. Somebody on the Armada bench screamed timeout. And it gave them the last chance. Was it a coach or was it? I, I, it has to be. The, it, it, I'm, I'm assuming it, it, the coach screamed timeout because they had a couple left. Right. And that saved the possession and gave them a chance with 1.1 second to tie or win the game. They went for the tie. I didn't particularly like the play, but, I mean, the, as I said on the air, those people are a lot smarter than I am. Well, again, if the play works, you're going, oh, what a great play yeah. call. Yeah. I just I, I felt like Armada's bigs were all out. Mm. And, and they were they were smaller, and they were trying to get it to a girl that was outsized down low on a pass that's tough to make. Right. Um, and, and then tough to catch. I mean, if you catch it, yeah, you can get it up in a second and, and, and maybe tie the, the game. But I, I think, I don't know, because you got a couple of shooters. You, the Upton girls can shoot. I, I think I would have tried to get the ball into their hands and see if they could get a two or a three, right. either tie it or win it right there. But, I mean, I'll never fault a team, especially the road team, for going for the tie and saying let's get it to overtime. Mm-hmm. 
But in, in that situation, I just didn't think it was a, a high-quality play to score. But Cross-Lex, that's a really nice win for the Pioneers. They haven't racked up a ton of wins in BWAC play the last few years. They're 3-5 and five in league now. And Coach Knoll has a young team, and they're growing. This is a big growth win that they can build off of. I'm, I'm glad to see the Pioneers get a, a solid win like that. Yeah, they might only have eight girls, but I'll, I'll tell you what, they, they've got a, eight girls that, that can play. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no weak link there. Yeah, no wasted spot. Um, anything else on this game, Dennis? Just that it was a really good uh, basketball game, and uh, it was a good atmosphere. There wasn't a huge crowd. Though I think weather had something to do with that, too. But, you know, uh, there was a lot of energy in that, Jim. They're, they're about – Eight to twelve kids in the student section, but but they were loud. They they made it. It was quality over quantity. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they were loud and they made it fun. I've seen big student sections that and, just sit on their hands the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and and of course the girls made it fun by playing a really good competitive basketball game that was close all the way through. You know who hasn't played a lot of competitive basketball games? North Branch. They just win every game by double digits. Yes, and they continue to do so. They beat Yale last night, 36-25. And, I mean, have they – when was the last time they had a close game in league play? Hasn't been this year. No, it hasn't been this year. Unless there's a game I'm forgetting about. They're 13-1. Again, their one loss was to Oxford. But in league play, I mean, remember, they beat MLA City by 15. They've held teams under 20 in league play three times. Uh, Yale, they beat by 20 the first time in Yale. Almont's actually one of their closest games. That was a an 11-point game. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and to hold Yale to 25, Yale can score. Yeah, and North Branch can do it with their defense. The most points they've given up this year is 38, and that was their loss. This is a defensive team through and through, and if you can tell your girls, get us to 40 and you're going to win – that's impressive. Like Marysville, 35. Oxford, 38. Birch Run, 31. Armada, 31. They haven't given up 30 points since the 12th. They've given up more than 31 since the new year. Yeah, and if you can do that, because I'm telling you right now, that they've got a, a Gormley can score 22-23 a night. So by herself, she's almost matching the other team's totals. Is it time we start talking about what this North Branch team could do in the postseason? Because well, that's what they're built to do is win these weird low-scoring games and just grind it out. We haven't seen them in person, so it's hard. We don't know if they pass the eye test, but the BWAC isn't a bad league, and they have some quality wins to their name. I think this North Branch team could be a, a team, one of the last ones we're following. Yeah, uh, th- this is a team that uh, we've got to pay a little bit closer attention to in the second half and give a little more love to uh, because the numbers that they're putting up indicate that they're real solid. 13-1, and one, they haven't had a BWAC game within single digits. They probably won't. I mean, they have Armada at home to see how healthy they are, but the first time they played – wasn't particularly close. It was 53-31. February 17th at MLA City. That's the big one. Yeah. Because MLA City's got something to prove in that one because they did not play well up at North Branch. Right. So North Branch is doing And they've a got really, that long home streak. Right. Doing a really, really nice job. 
Richmond gets a BWAC win. They beat Algonac 32-31. Has to feel good for the Richmond girls. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And and they've won a few games this year. This is their first league win, obviously. Yeah, three and but, ten. But, but they, they, they've got three wins. And, you know, we, we talk about it. The Team-wise, they haven't done so well. But but they have had individual players that are are decent. Uh, and, you know, uh, SC4 recruits them. Right. And, and they play there. They get minutes. So, I mean... We know that they're not completely devoid of talent. No, they had one league win last year. They beat Almont this year. They beat Algonac, and it snaps a nine-game losing streak. Sometimes it just feels good to win one. Yes. Because they've been competitive. It was 31-30 against Almont uh, the last time they played. They they were within 10 of Croslex. They played within 10 of Notre Dame prep. So they're not getting the doors blown off them night in and night out. But it feels nice to win one. Yes, to to finally kind of get over the the hump and go. Something bad isn't going to happen. Something right. good's going to happen. Right. All right. Uh, Sandusky beats Memphis forty four to seventeen. This is win number nine gajillion for Aldemot. Eight oh three. More specifically, eight oh three. Uh, I believe it was six different wolves scored at least six points that's what they do that's what they do uh grace keyboard had 10 brooke jansen had uh, nine and ally jansen had eight and they all had a ton of rebounds and assists too. well you remember what what's aldemont's favorite game when everybody scores exactly so uh that was there other gtc's brown city 44 kpac 16 marlette 47 harbor beach 40, that's a nice win for Marlette. Yeah. And Peck downs rival CPS 41-25. It's a good week for Marlette because they beat Ubley earlier in the week, 28-14 to in that weird score. So yeah. Mar- Marlette swept the week against two teams that you know they don't like. Those right. are big rivals. And well, Sandusky's still on top, but Marlette's putting together a few nice wins. Yeah. So uh, that, that was uh, it, uh, and obviously – the snow hampered everything from the day before, which why we didn't even bother. <laughs> right. Uh, Dennis, you have a game tonight. It's a pretty big game. Richmond it's, it, or it's Richmond. Uh, so why right. do you say why, why Because they won. They're yes. on your mind. St. Clair Marine City. Um, that game is going to have big Matt Gold title consequences. It's thrown a little bit off because we didn't get Marine City Frazier earlier in the week. But Marine City, 7-0 and in league play. St. Clair, 6-1 in league play. See, I like it like this. That's a big game. Real big game. St. Clair, if they would have played, would have been 7-1. I don't know who they – they were supposed to play Lakeshore. They're not losing to Lakeshore. No. I think Marine City would have beaten Rover Frazier. Frazier's 5-2, and 10-5 overall. So they're a solid team. But, Dennis, I can tell you, since that buzzer sounded at Marine City – they went, all right, we didn't play our best game. We we're going to get them again. We get them at our place. Let's go. Can we play it tomorrow? <laughs> and they've been waiting for this one. You're going to see a fun one tonight. Very excited about uh, this one. Uh, and, again, uh, we'll, we'll see how this, this goes. Rivalries are one thing, but rivalries that may decide a league title are another thing. Here's just a few other games I want to mention, and let me know if any catch your fancy. Uh, Liggett's at Mooney. That should be a good one. Mooney's been playing a lot better. Armada at Cross Lex, boys basketball. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a fun one. Yale at North Branch. Uh, MLA City, Almont. That's the BWAC boys slate. Girls basketball, Northern's at Romeo. 
That's a winnable game for That's Northern. One they doubled sixty to thirty. Yeah, they, they scored a bunch on them the first time. See what they can do on the road. Uh, Lance Cruz North at Port Huron. Stevenson at Marysville. Marysville's not losing that game. Um, MLA City at Elmont, and then hockey action. Northern's down at Cranbrook. Marysville's at Dakota. Northern, that's a winnable game, and uh, Marysville, don't sleep on Dakota. You're going to have to bring your A game tonight. Exactly. So um, I will be off in a faraway land doing hockey in Frazier. So I'm not, Down coast, Frazier. I'm not taking the, the night off. I'm still working. In, in my book, you're taking the night off. Oh, yeah. But you don't have to deal <laughs> with me then. So That is nice. So anyway, Dennis, um, for our next segment, I had a thought. After my game last night, this is dangerous. And it was something we talked about <laughs> before, and it made me question my stance on something. So okay. I, I want to just, oh. I want to just wishy washy Brady. This never happens. I want to have a discussion about something. Okay. Was it an anomaly or was it the example that we don't look to because it was a little more mundane? Okay. Well, we'll take a break and we'll find out what's cranking around. And I see the gears turning right now. Uh, in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 this is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
and Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, been waiting patiently to find out what the heck is on Brady's mind. Yeah, so last night, 39-36 St. Clair PH game. And just because it was low scoring doesn't mean it was a bad or poorly played game. Yeah, they didn't shoot well, but hey, that happens. It's What are you going to coach? Shoot better? They were taking, for the most part, good shots. Just weren't getting the looks. And you had a game with St. Clair similar to this with Mooney. It was 41-40, but you're like, it, it still was a well-paced game. Yeah, it was, it, was it, was, bad it was up and down. The clock moved like you looked up. and, right. and you're Because a lot of times what happens is you get a slow, low-scoring game. It's like you feel like you've played three quarters and you look up and you're three minutes into the first. Right. You get travel, double dribble, uh, charge, charge, charge. Lots of turnovers. Yeah, jump ball, jump ball. So that wasn't the case. This was a well-played game. And Port Huron was in their zone and they were doing a good job shading Essien. St. Clair just passed the ball around the arc, couldn't really find a way to enter. So it wasn't as if either team was slowing down, stalling, whatever. And I had the thought after the game, like, wow, that was a really fun game, even though it was low scoring. And uh, the thought popped in my head was going, how bad would that game have been, or better maybe, if there was a shot clock? If there was a shot clock in high school basketball, because the way those possessions went, would it make this game better or worse? And how much would it have changed the outcome? Because Dennis, before, and on this show, we've talked about we've both been in favor of a shot clock. And I want to set this up in a few different ways because there's a lot of ways to look at it. And I might sound like Bernie Sanders talking about the 1%, but the 1% of basketball teams in the state don't or wouldn't be that affected by a shot clock. Any Northern game, they'd be fine with a shot clock. The high-level end of basketball, the state title contenders, yeah. they, they don't need a shot clock. They go play in those. It's fine. They rarely have possessions that last more than 30-some seconds anyway. But this game was to area good teams that were competing for a league title and were sending the ball around the arc, just taking their time. And in the first half, points were at a premium anyway. How tough would it have been had Port Huron or St. Clair after 30 seconds of moving the ball 
trying to get into their offense, have to jack up a, a bad look at a three. Yeah, that that's the, the the downside of it is that occasionally you would get into situations where kids have to take bad shots. Right, um, and would that have been the issue or would it have forced St. Clair or Port Huron to force the issue a little bit more? Hey, there's 10 seconds on the shot clock. I'm going to drive, try to kick it out. And would that have created the offense? Obviously, this hypothetical is an impossible question to answer, but it just struck me because I have been for and I would advocate for a shot clock. So was last night a a perfect example of why the shot clock doesn't need to be implemented in high school sports and the stalling, the Ferndale Cross-Lex game is the very rare example of that happening, but everyone remembers it because of how egregious it was. But we haven't had a game where someone stood and held for four minutes since. But, I mean, I have seen it before, and we will see it again. Right, but it's, and, and, what, and once every two years you see it? And and, and one thing that I, that I do or have noticed in, in certain games this year is that uh, teams have changed the way they've been playing the game when they get the lead. And they, they Meridian did it. The, in that yeah, um, and and it, and I and, and we both agree. We think it cost Meridian the game. Yes. So I asked both coaches. I was just curious because you know I want I wanted to get someone that knows more about basketball but me their opinion. So I text Coach Distelrath and just asked him how would it affect it, and he thought it actually would have hurt this game. Um, it was there would have been a lot of possessions that ended with bad looks. Uh, Coach Rosenau, he he said he's like he's actually in favor of a shot clock because he likes that it rewards the defense because defense is hard enough to play anyway. And if you give at least a timetable of you have to play 35 seconds of hard defense or 40 seconds of tough defense and you get rewarded for it, but. Last night, he said there were long possessions. They were just trying to find open shots, get the right looks. And it, he said it might have made the shooting worse early because I gave you the numbers early. It was, what, one team was 3 of 18 and the other was 5 of 20 from 3. Might have been 6 of 27 had the shot clock been implemented. And it just made me kind of... I don't I guess waver a little bit or just question or see the other side more of people who don't want a shot clock because 39-36, good pace game, well-played game, no one stalled uh, at the end, and a shot clock would have changed it drastically. Or is this the outlier of a game that this is, hey, this happens, but this isn't the norm in, in high school basketball. This is the exception to the rule. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for me. I I think not should there be a shot clock, but what's a fair shot clock for high school? Because and I've said before, forty seconds, because even forty five. That's what I was gonna say. Because forty five, you have plenty. Even if it takes you the longest time to set up the offense, you still have thirty some seconds. And all that shot clock does is prevent stalling. Yeah. So that's why I wouldn't mind like a forty five. Heck, even 60-second shot clock. Just something that is there for one reason. 
Can't stand there with the ball on your hip for three and a half minutes, Ferndale. Yeah, you, you can't have a situation, and, and you read the story to me the other day. We were having fun with it, I oh, think, yeah, after we, we did the podcast. There was a 7-6 to six game once in yeah, the state of Michigan. When we were looking up the whole thing about the 20-year-old guy in 1911 who supposedly scored 97, 97 points, points, Yeah, I was looking at other records, and the lowest-scoring game in the state's history was 7-6. to six. And a team who got crushed... Earlier in the year, was they were like an OK 500 team. We're playing a league champion, regional champion level team. They got a stop on the first possession, and they held. And the regional championship team was they were prided themselves in their zones. And both coaches said, they're not winning. We're doing this. And basically, there was like eight shots the whole game. The score was 3 nothing at halftime. Yes. I think it was four to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Yes, and it was seven. And at one point, it was seven nothing, and then the one team hit two threes. hit two threes and lost seven to six. Yes, so that's obviously an extreme example that will never happen again. But how are those often enough that it forces the shot clock to be implemented? Because again, last night that game would have been hurt. And then you have to think of, again, not the 1%, not the Northerns, not the Croslex, Richmond, St. Clairs, the teams that have talent, have guards, can move the ball. But the teams that end the season 4-18, and 18, the teams that struggle on offense already, would that hurt them that bad? If it's a 30-second shot clock, there are teams that by the time they get set up will have 12 seconds to get a shot off. Yeah, it's because that's the other thing about it that, that we've talked about a little bit. You look at some of these scores, and, and we've got teams around the state right now that aren't making it to 10 points in a game. All those charter schools down in Detroit that we've – Dennis, you've been doing high school sports for 30 years. You've never heard of these places. No, and, and, and we're seeing shutouts in basketball. Right. That used to just be like – People would really get upset with you if you shut somebody out in basketball. You'd be like, get out of the way and, and let somebody have a layup. Right, and now it's not even a blimp on the radar. No, because it seems like every week there's one or two across the state. And I'll say this, I don't think there should be a shot clock in girls' basketball. Because, again, the high end of girls' basketball wouldn't have an issue with it. When Marysville plays Marine City, there wouldn't be an issue. No. North Branch plays Yale, even though that was a low-scoring game. Wouldn't be an issue. But the drop-off in the lower levels, it would almost be unplayable because, again, by the time you set up the offense, you'll get 10 seconds and you'll have to throw up a prayer of a three or drive and take a horrible layup attempt. And I think that's where it hurt the game. Would it be beneficial for these lower levels where you get two teams that, like, Port Aaron and St. Clair are good teams. Are they going to make state title runs? Probably not. Port Huron is going to struggle in their district because they always have a tough district. But St. Clair could be a dark horse. They're, them or Armada might be the favorite to upset Richmond if anyone would in their district. They're not bad teams, and they could handle a shot clock. But I think last night the game would have been severely altered with one. The, uh, the other thing, and, and, and you know this too, there'll be an adjustment period. There'll, mm. there'll be a, a time where everybody's getting used to it and you won't like it. But then after a while... You'll forget that there is a shot clock. Right. Once the first class of kids go through high school that remember playing without one yeah. get through, it would it would be different. And that again, you can't answer the hypothetical like, okay, St. Clair's passing Ellis to Essie and Essie into France, France back to Essie into Ellis to Oles around the arc. 
at some point they have to go, okay, we got to stop passing and attack. So would that have created more offense and made this a more entertaining game? It's a possibility. Or would they have just passed around till three seconds left and go, Braylon, shoot a three. I hope it goes in. <laughs> yeah, with two guys in your face. Yeah. So that it was just something I had. And when it questioned one of my stances on the is- this issue in high school uh, basketball that we've talked about, I just wanted to see what you thought. And I'm sure people at home have their opinion that this was an example of a game where a shot clock would have hurt it. And I'm not afraid to admit, even though I'm pro shot clock, there are instances where it would have likely yeah. made a game worse. Yeah, the, that that is that that's a good point. But I, again, like the number of times that you see people stall, I think is maybe the number of times you'd see it affect a game in a negative way. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to go through the state, and you can't just look at scores. Like you have to watch and get a real feel of the game. How about a technical foul for anybody who sits on the ball for more than a minute? I'll give you a minute. Right, but like, after sixty seconds, if you haven't made an attempt to do something offensively, if you're just standing there, it's a technical. But foul. what's an attempt? Because like with the five second count, by you have, the letter you of have the law, to pass the ball to to people. You can't just stand out there at midcourt holding it, waiting for somebody to come up and. With the, by the letter of the law, the five second count. If you take half a step towards the basket, that resets the count because it's any movement towards the basket. So that. I mean, that's where it's tough. And I know a lot of other people will say, just get out of your zone. Play man. Play man-to-man. That stops it, which is, is a whole other debate I don't want to have. But yeah. that, that would be the, the devil's advocate is just don't sit in the zone. Don't sit in the zone and go play man-to-man, and, hey, they, they won't sit with the ball anymore. I just say I don't like the stall. I don't, I don't either. <laughs> But is that just a consequence? Of course, as the team I've been rooting for did it, I would say, well, great strategy. Well, you know? <laughs> when it happened, go back two years and listen to the we, – we weren't mad at the Ferndale coach. No, I mean, he, he was doing what he, what he thought he had to do to win a basketball game and get his team further into the playoffs. And he did. And is the stalling just the consequence of the way the rules are set up? And is it something that we deal with once every two, three years that really isn't that big of a deal, but it is – God, is it infuriating when it happens to your team. Yeah. Happened to me as a player, happened to me as a broadcaster, and it's just like, it just doesn't look right. But I know, like you said, hey, if Northern's playing De La Salle, De La Salle sitting in a 2-3, Northern's up four with five minutes to go, you're right, I want Tyler Jamison holding that ball on his right hip until De La Salle comes out and plays him. Yeah. I don't know, but you made me think of this. So when I was a teenager going through high school, I used right. to officiate rec league games. Right. And there was a rule in the younger level that you couldn't press. Mm-hmm. The defense couldn't cross midcourt and go into the backcourt. Right. And I had a one-point game one night, and there was under 10 seconds to go. Yeah. And they inbounded the ball into the backcourt, and the coach told his kid, stand there right. because you can't get a 10-second call. Time's going to run out. We're going to win the game. Right. And the other coach was just – sour about it and he's he's complaining to me i'm like dude i'm just a referee he didn't break any rule like, right what do you want me to call on him right standing there it's well a, you also had a game when you were in uh carol or saginaw where they won the tap and held it right yeah um it was uh vassar and millington and millington at that time were scoring 80 points a game and i think they beat vassar the first time like 91 to 38 or something like that so the next time 
they played. Yeah, Vassar actually won the tap, and they held the ball for the whole first quarter. They eventually started to play about midway through the second quarter, but like for the first 12 minutes of basketball, there was maybe four points scored. Uh, and and Millington ended up winning fifty something to twenty something, which I guess the Vassar coach thought was better than losing ninety one to thirty eight. But it's just yeah, it's it's something to think about, and getting to see both sides of an issue I think is a good thing. So when we've been so pro shot clock, I wanted to give the pro keep it how it is. Just side that I thought popped in my head because it, they, those games are out there. Now, I don't know if this game is the norm or the anomaly. Uh, you know, uh, shot clocks work at higher levels because in the NBA, every kid was uh, his school's Tyler Jamison. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and it's pretty much the same in college. You know, the, the, your top college players are out of this world. You could have a 15-second shot clock, and I think hmm. there'd be plenty of scoring. Exactly. <laughs> but when, when we get into high school, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm with you. I'm kind of pro shot clock, but what I haven't decided yet is like what's a fair amount of time. I like I said, I think 45 seconds is plenty of time. You can get your offense set up. You can run through your systems, but after 45 seconds, which is like what a twelfth of a quarter, take a shot. Yeah, like I think that that doesn't push it and it doesn't force offenses to move up and down. Have it there just so you can't stall or run out four minutes of game clock. Go to an SC4 game. They got a 30-second shot clock, uh, and especially in the men's game. Go to the SC4 men's game just to watch them Boy, it's high-throttle basketball, and it's very exciting. Yes, it is. Is it always good basketball? I don't know. You, I, I think they're. But is it good. always entertaining? Yes. Just real quick before you send it home, SC4's league has four teams ranked in the top 20 in the country. Wow. It is good basketball. It's really good basketball. Yeah, they, they've, got, wanna, they've got a fun if team. If you're a high school basketball player that wants to play at the next level, go watch them play and just see how good you have to be. Yeah, how to fast, play how quick. And how big and strong you have to play mm-hmm. to play at the JUCO level. Yeah. All right. You, you got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Everybody have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.